globalists of the world unite. The Zelensky show hits the road for the Vatican. The Bilderbergers throw a secret meeting in Portugal to discuss AI's role in the new world order. Actor Jim Caviezel speaks out on Russiagate, and for the first time in 40 years, the pilgrimage to Chart France sells out, proving once again that Pope Francis is the best recruiting agent traditional Catholicism has ever had. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Mann. This is the Remnant Underground. Want to know what a hero does in the face of tyranny? Check out this guy. Catholic father of seven, homeschool father of seven, by the way, and pro-life warrior, Mark Huck. On September 23rd, my home was raided by 10 unmarked and marked units, state troopers, federal law enforcement personnel. I had five federal agents on my doorstep at 6.30 in the morning with long guns pointed at me and my seven children. So I opened up the door peacefully. I said, please stay calm, I have seven babies in here. They pointed M16 guns at me and my wife. My wife comes down and says, uh, do you have a warrant for his arrest? They said, we're taking him with or without a warrant. Thankfully, we were able to be acquitted and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to share the story today. Thank you. I mean, the thing is, all he had to do was cop a plea and he's home with his wife and kids. Instead, he risks 11 years in a federal penitentiary to stand against the FBI and the government. I mean, that's, that's gutsy stuff. And now, now, of course, he's a spokesman for everybody who's had enough. You know, just stand up and fight back. I am so excited, by the way, to announce a sponsor for this, this week's program is the Catholic Identity Conference. And I'm so excited to announce that Mr. Huck will actually be delivering the keynote address. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be a great night. The keynote address Friday evening at the Catholic Identity Conference coming up this October in Pittsburgh. September 30th, I think is Friday evening. Is when 29th. 29th. Okay, 29th. So um, registration is now open, I guess, right? Wide open. Uh, there's a link down here. Very good. Uh, I'll be emceeing the event. There's a great lineup. We even have a New York City police officer who refused the you-know-what and uh, has got a great story to tell. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, fun talks at this event. You don't want to miss it. And also, thematically, um, I don't know quite how to say this. Last year, we had a statement of formal resistance to what's going on over in, in Rome. This year, we've changed things up. We're actually going to be issuing statements of formal agreement with Team Francis. Now, wait, wait. Hang on a second. Let me explain. Here's what I mean. Francis, everybody can get behind this. Everybody can get behind this. Francis's own words are what we're going to be talking about. Team Francis. Francis says that the Latin mass movement is ideological, right? But the thing is, he's right about that. It is ideological. It's steeped in the ideology of pro-life, pro-Catholic, pro-family, pro-God-ism, right? And his buddy, Cardinal Arthur Roche, <laughs> he says that the theology of the church has changed, which it has. This is very exciting news. He says that the theology of the church has changed. Before, says Roche, the priest represented all the people, but he alone was celebrating the Mass. Today, it's not only the priest who celebrates the liturgy, but also all those baptized people in the church. Exactly right, Eminence. Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi. Vatican II changed how Catholics worship in order to change how Catholics believe. And did it work? Well, it depends if you're a modernist or not. 
from their point of view, to destroy the church, it seems to have worked brilliantly, right? Just look at that long blue line on your screen, plummeting down, down, down. Cardinal Roche is right. Cardinal Roche is also right when he says that the traditional Latin mass movement undermines the revolution of Vatican II. So Francis was very clear in the letter that he wrote to all the bishops when he introduced these changes. Uh, and it was very simple that uh, effectively that this has become a movement uh, undermining uh, the Second Vatican Council. So I'm only half kidding. At the Catholic Identity Conference this year, we will present statements of full-on agreement with what Team Francis is saying. It is a new religion, isn't it? They have created a new religion. And tradition, Catholic tradition, stands directly in the path of that religion, which is why they're trying to get rid of it. It always has. Tradition has always stood in the path of modernism and novelty, hasn't it? It stood in the way, for example, of revolution in 16th century England, didn't it? When the English Catholic men of Cornwall, Devon and Dorset, rebelled against the act of uniformity, which was also about unifying the realm, right? They stood against that act in the Western Uprising. The Western Rebellion of 1549, otherwise known as the Prayer Book Rebellion, was the first serious rebellion in the reign of Edward VI. Now, it originally could have been seen to originated in Cornwall, where basically it was discontent with the rise of Protestantism following the death of Henry VIII. In Devon, the rising had started due to the locals objecting to the use of the new prayer book, which was incredibly radical, the Book of Common Prayer, and insisted the priests say mass in the old style, you know, in Latin, etc. Their battle cry, it's the mass that matters, right? That's what was on their lips as they died, as they were slaughtered, as they were martyred for the old religion, rather than accept the new order, the Novus Ordo, of Thomas Cramner. 200 years later, some 500,000 traditional Catholics in the Vendée would do the same thing. 200 years after that, they did the exact same thing. They stood for altar and throne against a Novus Ordo. Outlaw priests offered outlawed masses in the woods of the Vendée under the cover of night. They gave their lives rather than betray the church during a reign of terror which saw Catholic kings, queens, priests, and nuns slaughtered in the streets of Paris. The Vendeans were the original guardians of tradition, and their flags were emblazoned with the Sacred Heart of Jesus because Saint Louis-Marie Glignon de Montfort had planted the faith so deeply in the Vendée that some 500,000 Catholics fought and died for it. Oh, you see what we're getting at? You can pick your favorite revolution, anti-Catholic revolution. It's always the same thing. What stands in the way? Tradition stands in the way. Down in Mexico in the 1920s, not that long ago, when once again, traditional Catholics stood in the way. We're talking about the Cristeros. They stood in the way of a Masonic revolution against Catholic tradition. This threat will not be tolerated. Would they really kick out an old man like me? The Federalists are coming! They're coming! Does that look familiar? It's the same today, same revolution, only now we got modernists bulldozing sanctuaries, right? Modernists inside the church, smashing up the altars and the statues. <laughs> it's the modernist revolution, carrying on the same revolution, the same Masonic revolution against Christ church that's been going on for a long, long time. When I was a kid, in fact, they were even out there making movies about it. I don't know how many of you might remember the movie called The Catholics wherein Martin Sheen, a younger, young Martin Sheen, 
plays a modernist priest who's sent from the Vatican to shut down the Latin Mass because, well, it's a threat to unity. The Latin Mass. I'd rather like to see one again, wouldn't you? I must confess, sir, I really don't remember it. Don't you? The priest with his back to the congregation. The vestments. Introibo ad altare dei. And the bell and the sanctus, ita misa est. How can one forget? And now, that old mass is packing tourists in over there in Ireland. Charter flights from London, Boston, Los Angeles, pilgrimages from France, Germany, even, even Bella Italia. <laughs> I think it's a cliche to say it was to be expected. Even Vatican IV cannot bury 2,000 years in a few decades. Get that old fool down off that mountain, James. And if he gives you any trouble, bite him. I mean, we, we did nothing to start all this. We've been going over to the mainland and saying Mass every Sunday, the way we always did. In Latin. The way we were brought up to say it. With the, the priest and the people facing the altar. But, I mean, what you're giving us, no, there's no mystery about that at all. I mean, it's only a mockery as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> a sing-song, because you're not talking to Almighty God. You're talking, you're talking to your neighbor, and that's why it's in English. So, yeah, it's called The Catholics. And basically, <laughs> whole sections of it look like dramatizations of Traditionis Custodis. It's very weird how much it resembles what we're going through right now. And the point is... Tonight, the point is, it's all happening again right now. None of this is new. Francis isn't new. Francis didn't invent anything. Francis couldn't invent anything, I'm afraid. He doesn't really have a lot of original thoughts. He just does what he's told. So this is not, friends, this movement. This is not about liturgical preferences. It never has been. It never will be. It's not because we like the Latin. It's because they're at war with Christ. That's the problem, at war with Christ and his church. It's all about the ape of God. And now, in our time, recent years, you really can see it clearly. It's all about what happens when evil men banish God and then reinvent the world in the image and likeness of hell on earth. The first thing we see here is an array of cameras that listen to you and watch you. Cities are starting to be set up where they have points of entry for regions within cities. And you have to use your iPhone device to beep your way in. Now, of course, the police officers have these glasses that are facial recognition glasses. So it'll read license plates. And when you see somebody right here, it'll recognize the face. And now people might say, yeah, well, that's China. They're, they're bad, a long ways away, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? China today, Peoria tomorrow, Minneapolis tomorrow, where we are, it's already happening. Right now, there's a proposed bill that requires the State Department of Human Rights. <sighs> Cannot believe we're doing this again. The Department of Human Rights to collect allegations of perceived discrimination or microaggressions in a new bias registry, reported non-criminal slurs or verbal attacks that include sexual orientation, sexual identity, and gender expression, includes them as protected classes. They are they're developing a new Gestapo, a new KGB, in the name of public safety. Have we learned nothing from the Gulag? Have we learned nothing from the Third Reich? 
It's, it's unconscionable and horrifying in the name of intellectual fashion and a kind of patrician remoteness, you know, the sense in which, above all, it doesn't really matter if thousands and thousands of people are slaughtered, as long as somehow bourgeois notions of liberal individual rights are overthrown. And it's the same. I, I just, as I say, it's, it's, it's startling. And here in Minnesota, the new Gestapo is being set up to guarantee public safety. Do these imbeciles not realize that the reign of terror in 1789, which lopped the heads off of thousands of people, blood flowing through the streets of Paris, that that was justified also by the Committee of Public Safety? The use of violence to perfect humanity was the brainchild of the Committee of Public Safety. In 1793, the unruly energies released by the revolution had been bottled up in this room. And it was here, in 12 murderous months, that the modern idea of state terror was born. Yeah, but you know, here in God's country, here in the land of the free and home of the brave, we don't have a bloodthirsty mob in charge of our state. Thank goodness for that. We have sophisticated and woke Democrat leadership like this. The AFL convention to endorse a candidate for the Minneapolis City Council Ward 10 race ended abruptly Saturday without an endorsement. After fighting broke out, sending hundreds of people rushing for exits, some with fresh bumps and bruises. <laughs> Don't forget, friends, diversity is our strength. And these are the same folks, by the way, who next week, next week, again, not the Babylon Bee, next week will be legalizing recreational marijuana for everybody. So you got crime through the roof, you have taxes through the roof, you have people leaving, getting out of here, kids are messed up, violence, carjackings. And the geniuses at City Hall say, well, why don't we pour a bunch of drugs into the system? Let's give them pot. Let's get everybody stoned. You can't make it up. Because you see, the thing is, friends, this, again, as we've said so many times down here, this is all on purpose. This is part of the Great Reset. And in the Great Reset, in the new normal that they're trying to create, these imbeciles are trying to create, ideology is all that matters. It has nothing to do with whether the people like it or not. They're not trying to convince us of anything. They're just forcing their will on us. Tens of thousands now of people are leaving Minnesota right now. And you know what the governor says, Governor Tim Walz? He gets all mad about the fact that there's a mass defection, mass like exodus from Minnesota. Just the other day, he actually said, well, I'm inviting, Minnesota, I'm inviting teachers from Florida to come up here and teach whatever they want. Freedom. <laughs> Can't even see it. Florida's like bursting at the seams of people trying to get the heck away from blue lunatics like Tim Walz. Can't even see it. Absolutely blinded by the new ideology of this New World Order Great Reset thing. A half million people have left New York City already. And now, even out in Hollywood, people have had enough of the not-so-normal ideology that is wrecking everything, even what's left of the arts. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards? They make me vomit. This is an art form. No one should be telling me that I have to 
give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? And I'm sorry, I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. Are we crazy? I mean, <laughs> good riddance to that. I, I, I love this writer's strike. Is the writer's strike still going? Does anybody know? Out in Hollywood, shutting down? I hope so. Uh, but I mean, globalism is just taking over everywhere. And now the globalist's favorite whipping boy is telling the whole world what's really going on. And that, that is leading to World War III. Here's what he's saying. We believe that any ideology of superiority is abhorrent, criminal, and deadly by its nature. However, the Western globalist elites keep speaking about their exceptionalism pit nation against each other and split societies, provoke bloody conflicts and coups. So hatred, Russophobia, aggressive nationalism, destroy family and traditional values which make us human. They do all that so as to keep dictating and imposing their will, their rights and rules on peoples which is in reality is a system of plundering, violence, and suppression. They seem to have forgotten what the Nazis' insane claims of global dominance led to. Uh-oh. <laughs> Vlad the Bad, he's making too much sense. Better send in Boy Wonder over to the Vatican to tell the Pope to stand with Ukraine. Now, this is fun video clip. I enjoy what we're seeing right now on the screen. But I do have to wonder why these guys always ending, end up wearing the little green army shirts. We've been calling, you know, Volodymyr the Mr. Green Tea for a while. Now his whole team shows up in the Vatican dressed in the military fatigues or whatever you call that. So, so when, when Zelensky met the Pope, Dressed like G.I. Joe. What, what, did he think that someone was going to try to attack him over there in St. Peter's? You know, I don't think so. It's theater. All of this is theater, friends. And guess what? Actors, when they're in theater, wear what? They wear costumes. And these guys are straight from central casting. And <laughs> they look just like action figures from Mattel. But this is serious business. Because the next, next week now, Zelensky's puppet masters will be gathering in Lisbon, Portugal for the secret Bilderberger meeting. Ralph Parker is hereby appointed a member of the Little Orphan Annie Secret Circle and is entitled to all the honors and benefits occurring there too. <laughs> Shrouded with mystery, the Ovaltine decoder ring. Probably everybody needs one of those to get in. I don't, I don't know, but everybody's going to be there just like at Davos. Google's going to be there. Microsoft will be there. Henry Kissinger is going to be there. I mean, the man has got to be farting dust. I can't believe he's still going, but he'll be there. The Ukrainian foreign minister will be there with bells on, of course, because Ukraine is key to all of this. Pfizer's Albert Borwell will be there. They'll all be there. To discuss what? Well, first and foremost, to discuss Ukraine and World War III. And like we've said, we're as we're with Ukraine. We're as much in favor of World War III as anybody else. So glory to Ukraine. So Ukraine's going to be discussed. 
But then, interestingly enough, in this 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 super secret meeting, Bilderberg meeting, <laughs> which the mainstream media, for whatever reason, are not reporting on at all right now, they're going to be discussing the top priority that they will be discussing is the implementation of the new world order via AI, artificial intelligence. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to be here today among such distinguished leaders from various fields at the annual Bilderberg meeting. I would like to extend my gratitude to the organizers for providing this platform for informal discussions on pressing global issues. Today, I stand before you to share my insights on one of the most critical subjects of our time, the future of artificial intelligence. Did you think that guy was real? Because of course he's not. It's AI. Nobody knows what's what, in other words. We are all losing the ability to understand language, to understand our communication, certainly to identify who or what is talking to us because we spend our time in the surreality metaverse, whatever you're going to call it. So what does that sound like? It's the Tower of Babel all over again. And as was the case the first time around, delusional psychos think they get to be God. And that's what this is all about. They only have one little problem. One little problem in the whole wide world. They have to crucify the mystical body of Christ first. And that's where we come in. They have to get rid of every serious believing Christian on the face of the earth. Because then they can just full steam ahead with this bizarre, dystopian new reality. And that's what the war on the Latin Mass is all about. It's the war on the cross. It's the war on all of us. Persecution of Christians worldwide, as, as we've been talking, absolutely skyrocketing. But you know what? So what? As if they don't understand. We expect this. We anticipate this. Our religion is built, rests, I should say, on the bones of martyrs. It's part of who and what we are. Christianity is one big, long saga of 20 centuries of persecution. So kind of bring it on, guys. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Nothing here is new. We've seen it all before. I hope to travel, in fact. This is interesting. I can't believe, actually, you know, just to see history repeating itself. I'm hoping, Remnant Tours, that we can travel to England next year for the 20th anniversary of our old dear friend and men mentor, Michael Davies. But things, the way things are going in England, I asked, I guess I asked you, producer, test the other day. Do, do you think traditional Catholics will be allowed to enter England next year? And I know how that sounds. It sounds crazy. What do you mean? You wouldn't be, I'm just wondering. I mean, they're locking people up. They're banning everything, even thoughts, even silent prayers in England, in London, right? On Tuesday, the 6th of December, I was arrested outside an abortion center in Birmingham for silently praying. Will we be allowed to go in there? You know, but there are precedents for this. That's the same question. Will we be allowed to go to England? Same exact 500-year-old question that a man like St. Edmund Campion would have also asked back in 1571 when he left Douay, France, for England as a Catholic priest, treated like a criminal. And so he went into England disguised as a jeweler. He called himself Mr. Edmonds to conceal his identity. Why? Because they were killing Catholics in England 500 years ago. We arrived at Dover, passed through the police at the docks, and once out of view, I fell to my knees. It will not be long before we are hunted, Lord.
I stand on the edge of eternity, Lord. In only a few moments, I will see you face to face. I die your servant, a Catholic man and a Catholic priest. And now it looks like that's going to start happening again. Nothing new here, you hear? Nothing to see here. It happened in the Colosseum 2,000 years ago. Most of those kids, most of them they got fed to the lions. They were children, weren't they? And yet by their martyrdom, by their sacrifice, by their witness, the greatest civilization in the history of the world was built, was inspired. So what happened in England 500 years ago, and today there's a Chinese billionaire who sets an example for us that it's happening all around us right now too. So the idea that we're going to somehow escape this or vote it out is getting a little absurd. We have to brace for this. Chinese billionaire, Catholic convert, rotting away in prison today, right now. Why? Because he refused to back down in the face of yet another pagan global empire. His name is Jimmy Lai. In the back of this prison van is Jimmy Lai, the founder of Hong Kong's most popular newspaper, Apple Daily. Arrested on ginned-up fraud charges, he's now in jail as a national security risk. Jimmy is Hong Kong's most well-known champion of democracy. He is also its most prominent Catholic layman. You know, being a Catholic, you have the instinct to stand up what, for what is wrong. You know, because that's the way that you walk in the way of the Lord. While Jimmy's jailing has rightly provoked global condemnation, there's one place where China's bullying elicits only silence, the Vatican. Jimmy also happens to be my godson. So at the moment, Jimmy and his family most need their shepherd. Pope Francis is nowhere to be seen. And that's just the thing. You see that in the clip that we just played where he's like, what are they doing? What's happening? Vatican, what? Pope Francis, what are you doing? Are they ashamed of the treaty they signed with China? Are there some corruption within, uh, within the Vatican to do such a ridiculous thing? We can talk all day long about problems in politics, think tanks and podcasts, but if we're not talking about the intentional demolition of the Catholic Church, the moral authority of the world, most recognized moral authority, spiritual authority in the world, then we're doing nothing more than chronicling the plane's rapid descent to earth, just writing down what's happening, reporting on it, but doing nothing to prevent the crash. And so we need to, we need to spread this around. People who are in a position of influence in, in the church, in politics, in culture, in movies, in entertainment, you got to take it up a notch. You have to understand the key role that Francis is playing right now. Team Francis is playing right now. So, for example, Jim Caviezel, a guy who I respect very much because he's not afraid to admit who and what he is as a Catholic, as a serious Catholic, courageous guy, and he's speaking out. Think about Monday. What happened? A Durham report was dropped. The FBI, the CIA, the whole, all of these guys are involved. Now, I know it's not all of them. The lower guys are probably just crying. But I'm asking you warriors to come out and tell the truth if we would just unite so absolutely mr caviezel thank you for trying to unite people to speak out but there's a problem you got to take it up a notch francis is the problem you see the francis revolution is the problem the only viable the only serious way that something might be be done about this is if enough pressure is putting on is put on team francis and their church of accompaniment and their synodal you know revolution 
that in the next the next conclave, the cardinals say, no, we got to get somebody who's Catholic in here so that maybe the Catholic Church can be an influence again. You see what I mean? It's not pie in the sky. It's the most reasonable and viable solution that we have to shoot for. You got to mention Francis. He's the problem. Because as long as the world's most recognized spiritual authority, Francis, continues to undermine the most powerful spiritual and moral force in the world today, well, guess what? The demons are just going to keep advancing. There's nothing we can do about it. Politicians are not armed for this. I don't care how good they are, how sincere they are. If they don't see it as a spiritual war, they're going to lose. So in the current issue of The Remnant, I hope you're subscribing to this. We've had some really, really good stuff lately. Current issue of our newspaper comes out every two weeks. Two weeks, there's a link below. Uh, subscribe to that. My friend and columnist, Robert Morrison, just sums the whole thing up, the whole terrible truth about Francis. He puts it in a nutshell when he writes, prejudice against traditional Catholics is not only tolerated, but unambiguously promoted by Francis, who has become the world's most prominent anti-Catholic bigot. You hear how it sounds? That's what has to be said. That's the truth. That is the reality. Francis must know that a significant number of Catholics worldwide are not fallen for this. They will stand up. They will fight back. They will out him. They will reject his agenda. <laughs> and more and more people are doing that. Bishop, Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, went even further last week, tweeting out what millions of us are already thinking when he said, I believe Pope Francis is the Pope. But it is time for me to say that I reject his program of undermining the deposit of faith. Follow Jesus. God bless you, Bishop Strickland. It really, it's time for all of us to speak out like that. For all of us, while we still can. It's time for us to unite the clans while we still can. You know, like I say, CIC is coming up. Join us. Let's get together. Let's strategize, figure out what we're going to do. And we have some great news tonight. I think probably the first, I don't think we reported it on our website yet. Just before we, we, we rolled cameras today, really good news. Spread this news. For the first time ever, the pilgrimage from Paris to Chartres has officially sold out. Remember when I said that Francis is the greatest recruiter traditionalist I've ever had, recruiter church traditionalism we've ever seen? It's true. The Sharp Pilgrimage registration now has been closed. More than 20,000 young Catholics will pack out the city center of Chartres, and this is going to be a huge event. But they are not here to discuss Vatican II. They are not here to push a political agenda. They are not here even to fight the culture war. They are here to reclaim their Catholic heritage, their Catholic birthright, the faith of their fathers, safeguarded in Latin mass, the mass of history, the mass of tradition, the most beautiful thing, this side of heaven.
this year there are uh, 16 different countries. Germany, United States, Switzerland, England, Spain, Italy, Poland, um, Portugal. I don't remember all the countries because there are too many. I can speak to the ramifications of this, friends. I've been doing this, this pilgrimage for 30 years. I've been watching it in a long time. For it to sell out like this was still, what, a week, 10 days out? For it to, it's never sold out before. This year, there are going to be, what, 20, 28 countries recognized on this pilgrimage? I mean, friends, it's a big deal. And it, it, it is not. I really want to stress this once again. It's not. It, it, this, this thing is for all of us. It's for you. It's for all of us. It's such an important event. <laughs> Because the, the Vatican is not going to miss this. 28 countries, 20, probably 5,000 young people. You know, it's not just for those who happen to be present, who happen to be walking this pilgrimage. It's a difficult pilgrimage. You've got to walk three days. You sleep on the ground, cold, cold ground, you know, in the rain, everything else. Floorless, open tents. This is not a vacation, right? And we're going to be doing our best here at Remnant TV for the next couple of weeks then to prepare for this because we want to broadcast what happens all over the world. Because, and also, because I'm the U.S. coordinator for the Sharp Pilgrimage, there's not going to be a remnant underground next week. But I really want to draw your attention to the fact that we will be doing daily updates, <laughs> shouting them from the housetops, from the road to Chart, all over the world. We're going to be using Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Remnant TV, RemnantNewspaper.com, of course, to get the word out, put things up in real time, starting next Saturday, May 27th, and concluding on Pentecost Monday with the most high-profile traditional Latin Mass, I would say, being offered anywhere in the world. That Mass is going to be offered by Archbishop Thomas Gullickson. Remember? We talked about him a few months ago. This is the Archbishop who recently said, and I quote, At some point, the fuming and railing against us and against the traditional Latin Mass will stop. It has to, for we have a world to claim for Christ. Everything else misses the point. And that's just the point, friends. Next weekend, the clans of Catholic tradition worldwide are going to unite on this battlefield of what's left of Christendom. And they're going to march under the banner of Christ the King. And they're going to reclaim the whole world for Jesus Christ. Christus vincit, Christus regnat, Christus imperat.